Good morning, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 54 of Sodom and I. Brooklyn, please, now. Look, I, um, so yesterday my iPad, no, yesterday my phone died, and I had to come out here and charge it to record. And then this morning, I woke up and my iPad died. So now my iPad's sitting on the charger because there's no outlet in my closet. But you guys, you guys have inspired me to get a, uh, like, extended outlet. That way I can charge my phone in my closet and not have to, uh, subject you guys to all of Brooklyn's moaning and groaning. But yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I forgot to post until like 11 p.m. So go ahead and enjoy that one from yesterday. <laughs> I recorded yesterday morning, but it is what it is. You know, learn not to, not to hold on to all of my stress and worries, to cast all my anxiety onto him. So whenever they're posted, is whenever they need to be posted. Just know that they will be. Mm-hmm. But yesterday was Valentine's Day, 2.14, and the first thing I was grateful for yesterday was getting a good amount of sleep. I know I said I feel like I woke up late. It was like maybe 9.30, 10-ish, but I feel like that's late for me, personally. Right now, it's what? It's 8.23. I like to wake up between like 7 and 8.30. But I woke up at 7.45 today. Had to wake up a bit, gather my bearings. Mm -hmm. Then number two, recording the podcast that I am grateful for regardless of what I have going on. I need to make sure that I do this first thing in the morning. I got to start my day off with Jesus, you know. It's about about you guys feeding you and feeding me. Because sometimes I need this stuff and then throughout the day I'd be like, oh, I literally read this earlier. You know, he was talking to me before I knew that I really needed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Number three, oh, this is a good one. Preservation of my life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me access to those covenants. The covenant of life. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I was... You know, going to the hair store to get a little crochet needle because I fixed up some locks. If you follow me on Instagram, my mobile business, go ahead and look at that. I reconstructed some locks yesterday and um, it came out really, really good. Really, really, really good. A big transformation. And we ended up, um, we ended up losing, like, not losing, but I ended up removing like three of his locks that way you know some could turn you know it it turned out real nice just know it is a long process and i'm charging at least 200 the next time i gotta do that but um preservation of my life i was going to the hair store to do that and this car this black car was like driving crazy like they really they literally appeared out of nowhere guys i had been waiting for you know an option to to make a left to turn across the street and 
these two cars. First of all, I'm tired of living in college town. Nobody uses their blinkers. Like, how am I supposed to know which way you're turning if you don't have your blinkers on? The blinkers are not for you. If you don't drive yet, please understand this. You need to use your blinkers. The blinkers are not for the driver. It's to communicate to everybody outside of your car where you are going. And then they just drive up looking at me crazy like, ma'am, I'm in the turning lane with my left blinker on. You're trying to make a left in the opposite direction, but you're just looking at me crazy. So I'm looking at the lady like, girl, I cannot see behind you. And I'm about to go because it looks there's no cars. There was no cars. And then she moves her car and this, 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 this person is driving like 90 miles an hour on a main road, bro. And if I would have been like two feet in front of me, they would have smacked my car. They would have smacked my little baby Mitsubishi Mirage. <laughs> I, I went flying, bro. Like that was like traumatizing. And then there was a bunch of cars that came after. So I had to process that and back up real quick. That way I wasn't in the middle of the road. So yesterday was a bit traumatizing. But I just had to sit there and thank God. You know, I cried a little bit because that gave me a, you know, I've gotten into a car accident before where somebody smacked my car, even though I was, you know, had the right of way. So that just brought up some, some feelings and whatnot. So I, you know, waited for them to go, parked my car, shed a little bit of tears and was just praising and glorifying God because... That could have easily been the end of my life. <laughs> it could have very much easily been the end of my life on Valentine's Day. Right? My baby's uh <laughs> heavenly birthday. Yeah. Up there dancing with Jesus having a little birthday party. That's nice. But that goes into number four. I just still want to stop and say thank you, Lord. Because I could have easily been sent to him yesterday, guys. It would have been so easy. The drop of a dime. The drop of a dime. My clients would have been waiting. They'd have been waiting on me. You know, my mom would have been waiting to hear from me. These would have been real, real, uh, a sticky situation. <laughs> For sure. But God said no. So thank you, Lord. And this is why, look, what was yesterday? A God who does not need us. A God who doesn't need anything wants us. He doesn't need a thing. He wants us. He don't need nothing. And he wanted me. And he still wants me. How how dare I not praise him, you know? Save my life. So many times I've given you guys multiple stories on how he's just saved me. You know, so it's only right that I do right by him. Number four, being able to wash my best friend's hair. She uh, had her hair in some braids for a minute. I helped her take those down. Or, well, I helped her, like, detangle her hair because she already took them out. I detangled, then I washed, gave her a nice scalp scrub, a one and done. So we were scrubbing for a minute conditioner then I helped her detangle her hair afterwards and let her go to class I ate my lunch and then I did the the lock reconstruction 
after I ate. Mm -hmm. That took me maybe about three, three and a half hours because he only had like the the top part of his head. Like the sides of his head are shaved. Look and then uh, number five. I did have much time after that, but, oh, excuse me, didn't have much time after that, but I went to church practice, and I was working on my music theory, Max was asking us questions, and I was on top of it, I was so proud of myself, <laughs> thank you Lord for helping me um, work on my music theory, you know, I want to be able to understand what you know they they're trying to do I want to be able to speak through music along with them I want to be able to communicate to the congregation in the same language that the rhythm section is you know so that's nice let's see did I work on my music theory number six we got fed after practice happy valentine's day they were like, well, since we dragged you guys out here on Valentine's Day, it's only right for us to feed you. <laughs> and some chicken wings, some poitza. Oh my gosh, bro, Publix is so good. They had some cookies and they had some uh, some carrot cake. Oh my God, it was so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It was so good. Mm, I sure did appreciate that food. Number seven. It's time for a detox. I need to get some some like detox teas and stuff. But I went to CVS yesterday and got some what magnesium citrate. <laughs> that job will clean you out real nice. Shout out to my mommy for introducing that to me when I was younger. And then number eight, hot shower. Hot water for a hot shower before bed. Mm-hmm. That shower before bed will hit different every time. It hit real nice each and every time. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And now we're going to go into our 21-day devotional. Uh, can you guys hear the birdies outside? Sounds so pretty. Look, I think one of these days when I don't have anything to do in the morning, even if I do, I need to start waking up and going jogging for my baby, get him out the house and, you know, get both of us some exercise. That's why I need to wake up at 645. Mm-hmm. You make that something every day. Bro, I used to be so good with it. Help me get back to my first works, Lord. <laughs> Help me get back to my first works, Jesus. But... Let's go through it, right? Day one, God is holy. Day two, he's our provider. Three, he is peace. Four, he is just. Day five, he is our healer. Day six, he is our banner. Day seven, he is God Almighty. Day eight, God is Jehovah. Day nine, God is our Lord. Day ten, God is awesome. Day eleven, God is love. Day twelve, God is infinite day 13 god is merciful what is day 14 you say shoop, shoop. let's find out on this episode of sodomy 
God is wrathful, and that's a good thing. All right, let me write all that down, and let's get into it. Bro. Mm -hmm. Thank you. God is wrathful. Now I know as his creations, that sounds a little scary. But hold on. He will divulge. And that's a good thing. Now make sure to put that in my uh, subtitle too. <laughs> right? Now let's read. God is wrathful. And that is a good thing. We don't like to think about God's wrath. Wrath makes us think of uncontrolled tempers and impending punishments. It's difficult to associate that word with the Heavenly Father who loves us completely. <clears throat> but it's precisely because God loves us that he feels wrath. Unlike human wrath, God's punishment is holy because it is never the result of a bad temper. He is never out of control. God's anger is against sin and evil because sin destroys us. It keeps us separated from him. We don't want a God who isn't against sin and evil. Only a God who loves us would hate sin so much that he would do whatever it took to rescue us from it. Ephesians chapter 2, or Ephesians 2, 1 and 4. Every human being, until the Holy Spirit changes them, <laughs> it's an enemy of God. <laughs> what a way to put it. Wow. <laughs> that, what a way to put that. All right, let's continue. Look, sometimes, uh, sometimes we might not always like things that he says. That's all right. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. <laughs> the Bible says God is patient with us even when we resist him. Because he wants everyone to be saved. Romans 9 and 22 through 23. Every human being, until the Holy Spirit changes them, is an enemy of God. Romans 8 and 7 through 8. We hate him because we want to be our own boss. But God tells us that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's pretty good, too, because a lot of people are like, well... So I'll be reading comments sometimes. They'd be like, free yourselves from the shackles. Shackles? Yeah, sometimes I got to do things that I may not want to do, like chill on smoking or, you know, not staying up super late and things or like, you know, exercising because sometimes I don't want to exercise. But that that doesn't mean that I think I know better than God does. You know, that just means I have things that I need to fix, right? Talk about free yourself from the shackles. Maybe believing in the Lord and believing that Jesus is my Lord and Savior has freed me from the shackles of myself. What someone asked me, what made you, um, you know, just commit fully because they see that, you know, I enjoy going to church and I love talking about my Lord. And, you know, I have a podcast where I talk about Jesus every day. 
you're like, what made you want to fully commit? You know, because if I felt like they were curious or maybe they were on the brink of should I or should I not? And I was like, God is the only thing that gave me true peace, like actual peace and joy and helping me love myself, showing me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and am and beautifully too. Mm-hmm. Beautifully too. You know, like he's he he helped me. Cause sometimes you'll hear, man, you'll hear people say stuff and you'll be like, Oh, that's you know, that's funny. Da, da, da. Like I used to think when somebody was giving me a compliment that they were like joning on me. You know, I used to think that, oh, they're just saying this or that. And then one day I looked at the mirror and I saw an angle of myself that I never had before. And I was like, dang, who is that? He's like, that's you, girl. I made you in the likeness of my image. You're not ugly. Definitely not. (laughs) If he made me in the image of him, I know I'm not ugly. I cannot be ugly. For I am made in God's image, right? Appreciate yourself. He's the only thing that really started opening my eyes to the beauty of the world. I used to just think the world was an evil place and that was that and I'm tired of being here and I'm just going to be here and make the best out of it. He said, no, it's not. And I can show you, but only, only if you allow me to. Talking about free yourself from the shackles. Free yourself from the shackles, person. (laughs) Every human being until the Holy Spirit changes them is an enemy of God. But it's because we have sin residing in us. We are inherently evil. I think we we go over that. We've we've gone over that before. Humans are inherently wicked, which falls into this, right? The Bible said, God is patient with us. Mm-hmm. Even when we resist him, because he wants everyone to be saved. Romans 9 and 22 through 23. Every human being, until the Holy Spirit changes them, is an enemy of God. Romans 8, 7, and 8. Okay, yeah, that scrolled back up. Lovely. We hate him because we want to be our own boss. But God tells us that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14 and 15. God has given us everything. All he asks, all he asks is that we serve and love him. That's it. God hates sin and evil, and we should too, but we don't. So we deserve his wrath. They're putting it really plainly. <laughs> they put it really plainly, and, and that's just see what it is. But we don't, so we deserve his wrath. Yet God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to receive his wrath in our place. John 3.16 If we don't deserve God's wrath, then Jesus died for nothing. But if we accept Jesus' death as the punishment we deserve, we can be sure that God's wrath will never fall on us. Simple as one, two, and three. I love that. I would say that part again. If we don't deserve God's wrath, then Jesus died for nothing. But if we accept Jesus' death as punishment, as the punishment we deserve, he took that for us. 
Like he literally took that for us, being his only begotten son. That's that's wild. We can be sure that God's wrath will never fall on us. Literally, believing in Jesus saves your life. <laughs> and there's so many different ways to explain that. But it, it does. Have you ever thought of yourself as deserving of God's wrath? Why or why not? Well, I know. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> ah, mm -hmm. I know a while ago, um, a while ago I felt like, um, I should cool down on smoking and everything, right? But I, I did it. And I kept having this nagging feeling of, you know, soon you're going to have to stop or you're going to, you need to slow down, this and that. And I'd be like, ah, nah, nah, that's just blah, blah, blah. Enemy trying to play tricks on me. And then one day I, I felt it and I was like, oof. And I repented because I was like, I've been hearing, you know, I've been feeling like I should and I didn't because of my own feelings, Lord, and I'm sorry, you know? And I felt like I was deserving of whatever he, you know, was going to bear my way or whatever he was going to allow to happen. And he did nothing. And he was like, forgiveness. I forgive you. You understand what you did wrong. So move forward with that information. And uh, I like that he does me like that because it helps me. You know, it makes me come back to my senses if I ever forget. You know, or if I ever... Uh, it's just not on the, the, the top of my mind of who he is and what he does and why I should listen, even if I can't see. Because my, my vision is fragmentary. You know, what I see, what I understand, what I perceive is not the wholeness of what it is. So if he asks me to do something, then that means that I need to do just that. You know, and I think a lot of us could learn from that. You know, I be I listen. I try to listen nowadays. <laughs> so I've definitely, definitely have cut down on that a lot, and um, just really trying to focus on my business and do what I need to do in order to help that stuff grow. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me I got stuff to do. All right, reflect. I did that. Why? Why not? <laughs> Excuse me. It's the only downside about waking up so early. You just be yawning. What's one thing you learned about God's wrath leaves you more in awe of him? It's not directed at us. It's directed at the sin that resides within us. So if the sin doesn't reside within us, we won't feel it. One plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four. And three plus four equals seven. Mm -hmm. So like that that kind of I never I never really thought about it like that. But thank you, Lord, for being so against sin that you correct me when I reside in sin because you don't want me to be there. He says, "My royal child, that's not where you need to be. That's not for you. Get out of there. Get out of there, girl." It's not for you. Mm -hmm. Can you remember? Can you remember a time 
when you ask Jesus to absorb God's wrath on your behalf and be your Savior? If so, take a few minutes right now to thank Jesus for saving you. If not, you can make that that decision today. And I think I uh ah, I think I remember that because I remember expecting to feel something or just feel real guilty or feel real bad. Da -da -da -da. But it's like someone just came and swooped it right away. You know, so thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for always fighting on my behalf. When I am the one that's wrong, when I am the one that's doing something that I know I don't need to be doing, you know, when I was the one that knew what good was and still chose to do something else, thank you for fighting for me and saving me and putting your life on the line to absorb God's wrath for the sin that lives in me. I thank you. I surely do appreciate you. And this is going on my gratitude journal today. Thank you, Jesus, for always, always saving me. I can surely always count on you. Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's continue. This one is Roman, or, oh, excuse me, not Romans 1. This is Nahum 1 and 2 through 8. All right. Mm -hmm. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God, protecting and demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. The Lord avenges and he is full of wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in storm, and the clouds are the dust beneath his feet. Let's go ahead and highlight that one. I'm going to do that in, uh, in purple. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He dries up all the rivers illustrating his judgment. Bashan on the east and Mount Carmel on the west, Carmel on the west, wither, and in the north the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him and the hills melt away. Indeed, the earth is shaken by his presence. Yes, the world and all that dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation, his great wrath? Who can stand up and endure the fierceness of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are destroyed by him. The Lord is good, a strength and stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, he recognizes, cares for, and understands fully those who take refuge and trust in him. But with an overwhelming flood of judgment through invading armies, he will make a complete destruction of its sight and will pursue his enemies into darkness. Now, I know sometimes it can be intimidating to think of God, you know, in this aspect. But we want him to destroy, he want, he, we want him to prepare us a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You know, he can't do that. 
picking flowers, you know, and lollipops and gumdrops. No. <laughs> so this is this is the time where we have to kind of see him as our creator and we are the creations, right? Just know that he has power over everything. You know, when we in when when we say everything, we mean everything. Everything. You know, so sometimes judgment has to come. Sometimes pr protecting has to come. And then imagine, imagine you creating something and then they start creating false gods. You're like, bro, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm literally right here. What are y'all doing? That's <laughs> like, what are y'all doing? I'm literally right here. The Lord avenges and he is full of wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries. If you're not an adversary of the Lord, you ain't got nothing to worry about. It's the people who be like, oh, he's against me. Well, why would he do that? If you don't believe in him, why do you think he go do it? That means subconsciously you do. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I ain't gonna get into it. I ain't gonna get into it. But like, you know. It's just funny how a lot of people be like, oh, I don't believe in this or believe in that. But they still be like, oh, my God. Or like, thank God, you know, or if they think they're going to die, they're like, oh, well, you know, if this happens or they make like a promise or something and they're like, Lord, if this happens, I'll do this and that. I promise each and every day, blah, blah, blah. I'll come to church every Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And then he saves them and they do him like Pharaoh did, <laughs> just talking. That's why I try not to make promises to God because I don't, I don't want to make a promise that I can't keep, you know? So I'm like, you know, I want to do this real bad. <laughs> I want to do this real bad. That way, if I fall short, like humans do sometimes, I still have the grace to, you know, love myself. And then keep it moving. Mm -hmm. There we go. Let's see. But with an overwhelming flood of judgment through invading armies, he will make a complete destruction of its sight and will pursue his enemies into darkness. I feel like this is a passage of telling him of how, of telling, you know, the reader of how strong he is. You know, and what he does to those or what he can do to those who are enemies of him. And then what did it say we are until we, uh, <laughs> until the Holy Spirit changes them is an enemy of God. Every human being until we allow that to happen is an enemy, not because we are the enemy, but because we allow the enemy to reside inside of us. Mm-hmm. So when we get them out, we ain't got to worry about none of this stuff. Just follow the Lord and appreciate him. And I think that says Nahum 1. We're going to look at this in NIV. And then let's read the information about this. So there's the there's an intro for this in NIV for people who have the Bible app and want to like look at it themselves. I'm going to go ahead and read this. This is a Nahum intro. In 612 BC, the Assyrian Empire was nearing collapse. Its capital, Nineveh, 
was about to fall before a combined invasion of Babylonian, Median, and Scythian forces. But those living in the nations that Assyria had cruelly oppressed felt little pity. In their view, the Assyrians were simply getting a long overdue taste of their own medicine. The prophet Nahum echoes these thoughts on behalf of the people of Judah. He no, he situates good job. He situates this event within the context of God's rule over all kingdoms on earth. God will judge the Assyrians, even though he had used them as his own instrument because they were excessively destructive and proud. Nahum's oracle describes God's character and power, announcing God's purpose to judge Assyria. Words of comfort to Judah alternate with words of doom to Nineveh. Yeah, as we, as we surely heard. The defense of the Assyrian capital will prove futile and the city will be plundered, confirming God's judgment. You know, I like how this puts that because that reminds us of, um, where is it? Is it Israel? Yeah. Or like uh, where my, where Mount uh, Zion is. You know, it's like God used, you know, basically every, every other country. He used all their enemies against them to destroy that place. You know, desolation. And then after that, they didn't, they weren't like, thank you, Lord, for helping us finally defeat these people. They were like, yes, we're so strong. We did all this on our own. Ah, oh, we're so mighty and powerful. And the God was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go ahead and, and restart with, I think everyone needs to reset. <laughs> I think everyone needs to reset. It's funny how the Bible is filled with different stories, but a repeating uh, motif. Mm -hmm. Repeating motif. I wonder what it is. Right, Bible, nothing intro. Let's look, I done change it up with the plan. There we go. I went back to the Bible. We're in. All right, cool. And check. We finished our devotion for today. And now let's go into reading. Our, uh, or well, we finished reading the 21-day devotion. Now it's time to read the 365-day devotion. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Cool. Day 46. Listen to your heart. Your friend says yes. Your conscience says no. Who do you listen to? Have you ever found yourself in a sticky situation? Maybe a friend wants you to do something wrong, like share your test answers or lie to her parents so she won't get in trouble. What do you do? What do you do? You don't want to risk making your friend mad or losing her friendship, excuse me, altogether. But you know in your heart that what she's asking you to do is wrong. When you are tempted to sin, to willingly disobey the command of God, the Spirit is always faithful to caution you. <laughs> that tiny voice of warning is your conscience. It stays with you no matter where you go or what you do. 
It's like carrying an angel in your pocket, always ready to pop out and remind you to do the right thing, regardless of the consequences. It's always best to obey your conscience, even if it isn't easy. Your friend may be upset with you, but deep down inside, she'll respect your integrity. She'll think twice before asking you to cheat or lie for her again. That's true. In every situation, however sticky it may be, remember to always listen to your heart. Whisper of wisdom. So I strive to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Ooh, excuse me. Acts 24 and 16. Mm-hmm. Acts 24 and 16. I think I'll actually go into that a little bit before I let you guys go and continue going about my day. Oh, cause I already, I know y'all here Brooklyn. Acts 24 and I forgot. That's okay. True, true. 24 and 16. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I'll read this on my own. But I appreciate you guys. I got some stuff to do today. Ah, my tailbone. I got some stuff to do today. Oh man, I'm very excited today. Some low light to hear call. Oh, excuse me. What's today? Wednesday. We'll see if there's any like finance meeting at church or something. Mm-hmm. And prepare for tomorrow because I got some clients for tomorrow as well. But I appreciate you guys and I love you so very much. Please have a productive, progressive, fabulous, wonderful, God-filled day. Stay blessed. I love you, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.